Welcome back to That's When I Knew the Podcast, where real people have real conversations about the journey towards building a meaningful career. I'm your host, Robert Creighton. I'm Zakia Kunadu. On this week's episode, we're joined by Kristen Trigg. Kristen has spent the last five years working as a sales professional in the sports entertainment vertical and is currently working as a senior sales consultant for the San Francisco 49ers. Kristen's story is one of the most inspiring stories that I've ever heard, and he is really the definition of not letting your circumstances dictate your future. I hope you all enjoy today's show. Thanks again, uh, Kristen, for joining the, the podcast today. No problem. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I don't know if you all like major introductions, uh, but maybe we want to just start off with Christian, like introducing yourself, where you work, what you do. Yeah, so um, I my name is Christian Trigg. I graduated from Tuskegee University. Shout out to my HBCU alum. I uh, graduated with the sales and marketing degree, and uh, I've been working in sports uh, for. I have about six years of experience at this point. I've worked for the Phoenix Suns to start off. And um, then an opportunity for promotion came at the San Francisco 49ers. And I'm currently a senior sales consultant there. Um, And originally from Hayward, California. That makes this show extra special then. Um, I love that you're from the Bay Area. Um, You know, and... Just to give you a quick rundown on the show, I know you probably, Zaki has probably told you a bit here and you've seen the, the, the flyer and whatnot, but our goal is to just give uh, professionals like yourself an opportunity to share your story and, um, you know, inspire those that might be listening. And uh, so with that said, we, we typically like to start off the show by learning a bit more about your background, um, starting at the early days, uh, you know, <laughs> like, so take it way back, way back, way back. So our first question Ooh. for you is, uh, you know, being that you grew up in Hayward in the East Bay area, can you just tell us a little bit what that was like? And then also how your upbringing has um, kind of influenced uh, or affected your approach to building a career? That is a great question. And, you know, it's something that I love to talk about uh, when people ask. I think I should talk more about my story a little bit more. Um, but you know, I, I would definitely say growing up here in the Bay Area, it had its trials and tribulations uh, that came along with it. So I was uh, raised in a single parent household. Uh, my mother took care of me and uh, pretty much, you know, I was kind of that surprise child, so to speak, uh, came kind of uh, late in the game. I have um, a brother and a sister. They're 10 years and 13 years older than me, respectively. And, um, you know, my mother, she dealt with um, some, I would say, while we were, when she was raising me or pregnant with me, she got closer to God. And at the time, she was dealing with some, uh, dealing with some things. And when I was born and the first few years or so, um, she was uh, kind of battling with um, a drug addiction, so to speak. Um, and that kind of like impacted her relationship with my uh, brother and sister. And um, when I came of age and I kind of gained more sense uh, to know everything, um, some things uh, happened where, you know, she uh, kind of 
got involved with the wrong people. Um, and it, it basically led to some, I'll back up some. So pretty much, uh, when I was about five, six years old, um, I, we were in, we were living in Hayward and, uh, she was getting closer to God, but she was still kind of involved with other, uh, probably with like the wrong crowd, so to speak. And that eventually led, uh, we had to basically move away from our apartment because, uh, things kind of started to slip. Um, and so we moved to West Oakland. At the time, it was called the Lower Bottoms. And, uh, it's a little gentrified now. You won't see the same faces around there, but, uh, we lived in the Lower Bottoms for a while. And I just recall like a lot of the, friends that she would call i just knew at even at that age like those were not friends Hmm. and i remember we went out to uh, church one day and came back and we noticed that our front door was open and i go up and i'm like okay what is going on we literally walk in our house everything's gone um, everything, like we were left with nothing, not saying, you know, it may have been the people who actually came in our house, but there's a good shot that, you know, maybe it was, um, and that was kind of a turning point in my life. Uh, my mother, and that was pretty much a wake up call for her. Um, uh, she did whatever she needed to do to make sure that she was able to take care of her son. So she had to sacrifice. Um, so. Pretty much I uh, went and I lived with my uncle uh, Thomas and my aunt Aretha in San Jose for about a year or so. Um, and my mom went ahead and did a program. And um, that was a place where she could recover, kind of uh, learn some different strategies or whatnot to help take care of me in a better way. And so second, third grade, I was with I was living in San Jose. Um, after that, and Zakia knows my cousin Shade, that's actually the year I was, um, the year I was away from my mom is the year I was living with Shade. Mm. Um, and so we, after that year or so, my mom got back. Um, she was fine. She did whatever she could to get her son, uh, back. And so for a while, uh, we were living in, homeless shelters for a few years or so um and that really taught me resilience uh, my mother never gave up that was one thing that i respected of her she was always doing whatever it took to make sure that her son was okay and even if that meant living in homeless shelters for a little while she did whatever she could to get get us back on our feet um so Fast forward a few years later, uh, we were <clears throat> back to church. Um, she got heavily involved in church and got saved. Um, and we connected with our pastor and there was an opportunity for us to um, get into low income housing. Um, and low, the low income housing was in South Hayward, uh, where I was raised anyway. And so we, uh, came 
got into that low low income in uh low income in housing area. Uh, was there for ever since pretty much. Um, we were there ever since everything started going smoothly. Um, on the long, along the way, we did have to stay with a few, uh, church members or whatnot. And I would say that really taught me independence in a sense. And it helped me grow up a little bit faster than I needed to. And to this day, I, I really feel like my independence was influenced by the trials and tribulations I went through as a child. Uh, middle school came and unfortunately uh, my uh, mother was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and it was probably one of the most challenging times uh, for me emotionally uh, dealing with that at the age of 13. And so during that battle, she didn't, she just wanted to make sure that I was taken care of and that whoever was going to take over, um, guardianship, that they were going to do a great job. Um, that turned out to be my uncle junior and my aunt Vanessa. You know, unfortunately, pancreatic cancer is one of the deadliest forms of cancer. And, uh, my mother passed away in March of 2007. Um, right before I started high school. So uh, with Uncle Jr. and Aunt Vanessa, they stepped in and they did an amazing job. So my Uncle Jr. Uh, is about a year older than my mom. And uh, my Aunt Vanessa pretty much got married into the family. And she treated me like I was her son. And to this day, she's, they still, uh, I am their son. And they call me that all the time. Um, so they, they still live in Hayward. Uh, they still live in Hayward or whatnot. I, I go and see them quite often. And, uh, they pretty much got me to help me get into, uh, get to college. So I was thankfully, uh, encouraged by my aunt Vanessa to attend the Black College Expo. Uh, the Black College Expo, I came across this group of, uh, young black men and women who were in suits, they looked very professional. Turns out it was called, it was a nonprofit called the Young Scholars Program. Mm. Uh, the Young Scholars Program was ran by uh, Ms. Jacqueline Rushing. Uh, rest in peace to her. Uh, she passed away this February. And she, that really changed the direction of my path. Uh, before that program, I wasn't sure how I was going to get to college let alone afford it. Through the program, I was able to attend the HBCU tour my junior and senior year. And it really opened my eyes to HBCUs. I had no clue about what they were until my sophomore year of high school. Um, After attending, uh, after visiting uh, HBCUs for two years, I was intrigued by Tuskegee University the most. And uh, thankfully, um, I worked hard enough in high school and took my SATs and whatnot, and I was able to receive an academic scholarship to attend Tuskegee University. Nice. Um, thank you. <laughs> so there I majored in uh, sales and marketing. I became heavily involved. I would say throughout high school, I was still impacted by the emotions of the loss of my mom. So I was not, I was more introverted. 
throughout high school, but the Young Scholars Program definitely helped me get out of my shell. And so when I went to college, I feel like I was prepared to meet new people, uh, get involved. And so I was able to assume quite a few leadership roles while at Tuskegee. And I even pledged, which was, I pledged Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, which was totally out of the norm for me. <laughs> um, I didn't even know what I was getting myself into by doing that. But uh, it was it was an amazing journey. And I'm just thankful to God that he brought me through. Um, and so the story about getting into sports, I don't know if you guys want me to start talking about that yet, but... We can, um, yeah, that, really appreciate There's a lot of, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, <laughs> we can, we can, I mean, I have a couple questions. Um, yeah. Uh, so, I, well, the question off the top of my mind is, okay, you're going to college. Well, first of all, were you seeing a lot of people go, when you were growing up going to college? Like, you, you mentioned that you had older siblings. Were they college graduates? Were you a first-generation college student? Or was this kind of expected from you from the jump? First generation. But what I will say is, and this is the importance of parenting, constantly encouraging your kids and, and constantly telling them that they're going to be great, that they're going to do amazing things. No matter what my mom was going through, she always instilled in me and always told me that I was going to be somebody. She always told me that I was smart. She always told me that I was going to college. I, she <laughs> she wanted me to go more of the church route, uh, which I didn't go, but her positivity and her encouraging words, it, just hearing it every day, hearing that you're smart, hearing that you're going to do great things. Mm. It almost brings a sense of obligation over you as you get older and the more mature you get. Um, so I would say definitely that. And not only that, but my brother and my sister always encouraged me. And they always told me, spoke positivity into my life. They didn't go the college route, but to this day, they're constantly instilling in me, continue to work hard. You're going to do great things. So speaking positivity and manifesting in my life has really gotten to where I am. And I thank my mom and my siblings for that. So I don't know if we covered, so you mentioned that you also, um, you know, where you were with like your aunts and, and your uncles, like what uh -huh. kind of jobs were they in? Like what were you kind of exposed to, um, you know, as far as like career wise, what, you know, when you were living um, with those folks? So uh, my uncle Thomas was in nursing. Hmm. Um, he is definitely somebody who um, he was an RN at San Francisco General uh, one of the busiest hospitals in the Bay Area um, I wouldn't say I was impacted from a career standpoint by that um, I would say more so like my career direction was more so impacted by school itself hmm. uh, James Logan Thankfully, we had several elective courses in in several different fields. And I came across the Marketing and Management Academy at James Logan. Mm. Uh, how the Marketing and Management 
And I think I'm thinking about Mr. Ridgeberg, the teacher. He wasn't my favorite, but I will say one of his lessons was one of the, it's one that stuck with me and it still sticks with me today. And that is, and it was plastered across his wall in big, bold letters. It was, it's not what you know, it's who you know, who knows you and how you treat them. And if he taught me anything coming into that classroom and seeing that every day, it made the whole, it made a world of difference in my life. Um, I wouldn't, and I can tell you guys a story about how I got into sports, but that lesson really applied to how I kind of transitioned and got into the industry that I've always wanted to be in. Mm. Um, and the Marketing Management Academy, we were able to uh, participate in business case competitions. It really it got me interested in business. I will say that. It, for sure. it, it sounds a lot like. My high school experience, um, I went to San Leandro High School and we, uh-huh. had, a, we had a program called DECA. Have you heard of it? Yes. <laughs> so yes. They, it sounds like the exact same thing. And that's, that's awesome to hear. Um, but one thing I will say though is these classes, you're in sales and it sounds yes. like you were in, you know, when you were introduced to business, it was from a marketing, um, right. like, you know, situation. So how did, how did you, did you, going into college, did you know that you just wanted to be in business no matter what? Or were you like focused on a particular uh, field like marketing? Or did you always know you were going to be in sales? I focused on sports per se. I know I'm not LeBron James. I'm not Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a, I love tennis, but I'm not. Serena or Venus Williams. So I knew that route probably was not the best for me, mm. but I knew I knew how to think and I know that I enjoy business. And so that's what I aimed for at an early age. Um, starting in high school, I said, you know what? Athletic route is probably not going to be the best case, but there are other routes into the industry. And so that's what pretty much led me to working my way into sports. And I think that's I think that's awesome that you knew you wanted to be in the, the world of sports and, yeah. and that you had the knowledge and the and um, the, the know how to know that sports is more than just the athlete. There's the business that makes sports, you know, continue to grow. And and, and um, so right. my question for you is like, OK, you, you know that you want to be in sports as an adult. But how did you know you wanted to be in sales or was it kind of? You know, sales is what was your introduction into the you know the sports business world. Sales was definitely a segue into the sports industry. Okay. Now, a part of that marketing and management academy, particularly the competitions that we would attend, you're presenting a business, so sales came a part of was a part of it. Hmm. And what I love about sales is not only the relationship building. It provides skills in negotiation. Uh, it enhances your communication skills overall. Um, it allows you to persuade people to do things, but not in a deceitful way. Hmm. Uh, so there were a lot of things that I loved about sales and a lot of skills that I learned over my time at Tuskegee. I even majored in sales and marketing. 
uh, while at Tuskegee. And a lot of the lessons that I learned in my classes, I was able to apply uh, when I transitioned into my career. Interesting. So I know that we've had conversations, uh, Christian, about obviously you've been in sales and kind of going into like the partnerships and um, kind of maybe trying some some different avenues. Um, if you could just kind of explain, you know, a little bit about where you would ultimately want to be or kind of how you plan to to transition or if any, if, if sales is like, this is what I just want to do, but I'd love to kind of know a little bit more about that since you've already been clear of like business sports, you know, sales and things like that. Yeah. So now that I would say I was introduced to the partnership side at the Suns when I was working there mm -hmm. and like I said, sales was a segue, but actually working in the industry opened my eyes to other avenues within sports. Right. And so I became intrigued by uh, corporate partnerships. And it's definitely something that's on the radar. Um, I would say the transition, um, I definitely want to enhance my skills from a marketing standpoint, which is why I'm currently pursuing uh, my MBA. And uh, right now I'm on the, you know, the first steps, but I'm planning on applying this fall. And uh, hopefully, you know, once I gain that full knowledge of the marketing side, an in-depth knowledge of the marketing side, I'm able to network a little bit more. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, maybe working for a brand is in the, in the future um, or perhaps another team. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And not only that, I, I want to work with community a lot more. I do it quite a bit now. Yeah. From a mentoring standpoint or whatnot. Um, there's a lot that I, I, I want to accomplish. I mean, I want to not only do that, I'm still deciding on what my entrepreneurial venture is going to be. Mm. Um, but from maybe, maybe it could be a sponsorship consulting firm, you know, uh, there's so many possibilities yeah. uh, in America and a capitalistic society and the, the sky's the limit, you know, but for now, of course, the ultimate goal is to not have to work <laughs> for someone, <laughs> True. but I definitely want to gain industry knowledge and be in it first to build credibility once, you know, I do make that transition to an entrepreneurial uh, venture. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess what I'm curious is, you know, as you're still trying to think about your journey and, and where you're hoping to go, um, obviously there's like a lot of things that you want to get into, you know, do your MBA and get into partnerships and get, you know, exposure. I think, that also ties into a lot of people who may be in your same position um, or who are just graduating from high school, from college and just trying to figure it out. Right. You know, how do you, how would you say is the best approach for people to go about figuring out when they have like these grand plans? Right. And how do they figure out what's their first steps or how can they, you know, get involved? Because it seems like you've also had a lot of opportunities to be a part of different groups and, you know, you've had those types of mentors. So what would you say for other people who are kind of on your path that they could, uh, you know, kind of model after? I would definitely say that networking, is, networking is so important and just knowing how to network. 
Um, and not only networking with the right people, but following up and following through with them mm-hmm. is going to be key. And that has been partially my strength, but also partially my weakness because sometimes we get distracted by our personal lives and then we forget about our future goals or whatnot. Um, and maybe you lose contact with those people. Um, I'll say I was in contact with, well, I was introduced to um, a VP at the Brooklyn Nets and um, we were in contact and I just wish I would have fostered the relationship a little bit more than I did. Um, and from a entry level standpoint, if you're graduating from college and you're getting into um, the industry or whatnot, even if you're not in the industry, what I always say is there's so many opportunities today to network. You have Instagram, you have LinkedIn, you have Facebook. I will say LinkedIn is def- has definitely provided many opportunities for me just off reaching out to people. Um, you know, and you may not get a response from everyone, but it takes that one response yeah. that can really change things for you. Um, I, I remember at one point I was reaching out to several people, um, at, at once and got a chance to talk with several VPs who were in partnerships or whatnot. Um, because there are people out there who are willing to help that next generation of young people, you know, coming into the workforce and wanting to get into their, their industry because they're passionate about it. Yeah. So it's really about finding those passionate people who are selfish, uh, when you're, when you're walking into the industry. So anyone listening to this, I just encourage you to network follow up but also follow through the following through piece is really key because you can have a conversation with someone and i see this mistake quite a bit you can have a conversation with someone who's in the industry that you want to work in but after that conversation why don't you follow up with them and show and show them how you applied those principles that they provided you on that call um so i think i try to do it I think I, I tried doing a good job of that, um, keeping the people that I make key relationship with updated on what I'm doing in my career. Uh, and it really shows them that they're listening. They want to see people who are listening to them. Um, so I think that's very key. I think those are all gems. Um, yeah. <laughs> those are all gems. <laughs> and uh, a lot of that I wish I knew, you know, 10 years ago, um, five, 10 years ago. Um, did, did did you have mentors like, you know, coming through college? I know you, you mentioned that you were in a fraternity. And I know a big part of a big part of that is like mentorship and uh, community. Um, what are your thoughts on mentorship and what, what's been your experience with that? Mentorship is one of the most important things and one of my passions for sure. Uh, any chance I have an opportunity and just my personal story, the Young Scholars Program, a big part of it was mentorship. And going back to high school, Mr. Mack, he was <laughs> he's, he was my mentor in the Young Scholars Program. And so just keeping in contact with him, hearing encouraging words, like I mentioned before, just speaking manifestation over someone, you never know how much that will impact you. 
Um, and mentorship, I would say definitely find someone that's willing to sacrifice the time for you. Uh, because there's so many people in this world, they'll take time to talk with you one time, but you know, you try to get them on again, try to have another conversation. And then it's like, they're too busy. Find somebody who isn't too busy. Maybe you want somebody who's at a higher level position who probably has a busier schedule, but also find someone who is maybe entry level in the, in the industry that you want to go to. Don't discredit them as well. You know, I definitely like in my first couple of years, uh, that was key. Um, you know, I had a few people who, a few students at Tuskegee who had reached out to me and, you know, I was learning. I wasn't an expert in the industry yet. I didn't know who to contact, what to do. I was still learning. But the fact that there were other students who looked like me who were inspired or interested in going into my industry, it made, it encouraged me to do it as well. So I would say have a variety of mentors. Don't just aim for the top. Have somebody at the top, have somebody who's probably like mid-level and somebody who's entry-level um, in the area that you want to go to because they can provide key advice that you need at that level. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who's at a, at a VP level already probably doesn't remember every little lesson that they learned when they were just starting or they probably didn't take that same route. Um, so I would encourage them to do that. Yeah. Well, also, I think like part of the show is we're hoping to obviously inspire other people, you know, motivate them and find ways to, uh, you know, maybe plug a a mentor or or those types of things. And so obviously you say you're really passionate about mentorship and (laughs) I'm hoping that somebody who's listening to this, you know, they could reach out to you via LinkedIn or however you'd like to, um, you know, be able to communicate with them. But I think that would be a great opportunity, you know, if you're willing to do so. Whatever I need to do to make sure that the culture is secure. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I will I will do it. I will take time out of my day to talk with a student who is motivated to get into my industry before somebody who is not really passionate, not really interested. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I get really when people reach out to me, I want to know that they've done their research. Basically, I want, I think it's also important to keep in mind that a lot of people work hard to get into the industries that they're in. So they expect you to do the same. It's not going to be a simple, hey, can you give me a job here? It's not like that. Like, build a relationship, learn about that industry, show me that you've already done your research, you know? Um, I think that's what helped me a lot, uh, just trying to learn as much as possible before reaching out. Um, and then ultimately that helped. I didn't always receive yeses. I received a thousand no's before I re- finally received a yes. And thankfully, you know, I'm on the right path right now. Um, and sometimes we could be our own biggest critic, but at the end of the day, it's really about staying positive and pushing through um, those tough times. 
A hundred percent agree. Rob, did you have anything? <laughs> I, I mean, and, you know, you, you make a, a really good point. You know, it's not about just going out there and finding mentors. You also have to be prepared to put in that work. Yeah. Because, right. Uh, you know, yeah, I think that's a, that's a gem right there for sure. Yeah. And, you know, and like I said, it's just when people are kind of deciding on what they truly want to do, they need to really buckle down and find what is it that doesn't feel like work mm. um, and what doesn't. And when you find that, when it is that particular thing, that's when you know, like the podcast, <laughs> that's when you know that's what you want to do. Oh, hey, well, thank you for thank you for using the name of the podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. Appreciate you. That's what I... That's what I knew. Well, you know. Me, well, let me ask you this. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. So I think oftentimes, especially in sales, because it can be a tiring job sometimes. Um, often we feel that it's work, but really it's you know maybe it's the company we're working at, maybe it's our manager, maybe mm-hmm. it's the culture at that place. So do you have any? Um, do you have any like insight on that and how to decipher between the two and yeah. With that, it's really, I think one thing that I did a great job of is speaking up. And when something, when I don't agree with something, I'm not afraid to reach out to who I'm being managed by or who the leaders are in the organization. And it may not create instant change. But at least you're letting it be known, like, this is how you feel. Um, and if you feel like, and if they feel like you're adding value to that organization, they're going to, they're, they may not make the change immediately, but they'll at least take, take heed and listen to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not going to look down on you because they know that you're a valuable employee, mm-hmm. um, to that, and you're a valuable asset to that organization. So if yeah. I believe, in my heart that I'm a valuable asset to the organization. Therefore, I'm not going to be afraid to speak up when I feel like I don't agree with something. Um, I think that plays a role. And then also, I would say, I would think, I would say that's probably the biggest piece. But then also with sales, um, we hear a lot of no's. And when you hear those no's, just staying encouraged. What has keep me kept me encouraged is thinking about the future a bit more. Um, in sales, it's I've seen a lot of people come and go, right. as you can imagine, come and go for positive for positive reasons and negative reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and just seeing people's career growth over the years or whatnot. That has kept me encouraged. When I'm getting that no, it's always important to keep in mind what you're working toward. I think that's very, extremely important to know. Um, and if you feel like it isn't a big fit for you, go with your instinct. You know, um, I would say give it a chance for sure. Some people, they, they start off, you're in it for <laughs> a month or two and they're already ready to quit. It's like, you need to give it, give it a shot, like give it a chance. Right. Um, and I, I understand where you're coming from, from a, a sales standpoint. 
Um, it's really about selling something that you believe in for one, and then also keeping in mind what you're working toward in the future. Yeah, I like all of that. I mean, each no you get is one, you're one step closer to a yes, right? So Exactly. Having that perspective. And also, like, like you said, keeping the end game in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's important. Uh, but you know, while we're kind of on this, this topic of, you know, uh, career and uh, powering through, has there been an, um, a situation or has there been a time where you had a setback or, you know, something hasn't gone right in your career so far, but in retrospect, you know, there was a lesson or, you know, it things ended up working out for you. I would. Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, <laughs> one story I would definitely like to talk about Zakia, <laughs> wink, wink, but <laughs> we'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is one story that I would like to talk about, but we'll. Um, we can always edit I'll, it out. <laughs> yeah, we can. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's your well, prerogative. I mean, no worries. I'll talk about the when my, I was transitioning from the uh, Suns to the Niners. So when you get into uh, sports sales, you're in what's called inside sales. Inside sales is pretty much entry level. You're not really considered a full-time employee quite yet, uh, but you work past full-time hours. Mm. And so you're basically uh, earning your spot as an account executive, which is the next level where you are a full-time employee. And I was, uh, I was at the Suns and it came a time where I was on, so inside sales are called, are basically programs and they last about 11, 12 months. And you're usually supposed to be promoted to account executive or before then, a lot of people find that it's probably not a good fit for their career. And so I was on month 10, 11, had um, been offered a role in as a group account executive at the Sun, but I wasn't really uh, fond of group selling groups, even though I had an opportunity to work with a lot of organizations. Um, and so I would, like I mentioned before, I was I felt like I was a valuable asset, so I was willing to speak my mind. I basically told them I'm not interested in that, um, and so I knew that I was taking a risk, uh, but I also uh, made sure I was doing what I could outside of work uh, to take that next step. And so they saw me as a valuable enough asset to help me um, with external organizations. And so came across several, uh, one in particular, I applied and going back to LinkedIn, reached out, I applied to a position at Cal and reached out to the director had a few interviews with them, uh, made it to the last round. And um, basically they said, well, I was going for two steps above where I was. I was going for a premium account executive, which was basically selling your more high-end clients um, and made it to the last round with that. And I was like, oh, wow. So let's see if I can do this. At the end, they said they wanted a little bit more experience, but they want me to apply for the account executive position. 
So I said, okay. Received several notes from other organizations as well. And I was at a point where I was ready to take that next step. I've seen a couple people had been promoted um, at the Suns. And it was kind of a downtime for me. It was a time where I was like, okay, well, I got chose this industry. Uh, <laughs> what am I, what am I about to do? Like, what if I don't get these jobs outside of the Suns? Like, what am I going to do? My inside sales role is about to end. Um, and so I knew someone and this goes back to the principal from Mr. Richburg in high school. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Right. I knew someone who was at the San Francisco 49ers. I applied. Was not in, he was not in a sales role or a business role. He was in an audio and visual role. Um, watched me grow up in church. Like our, fa- our family, my mom was connected with, um, you know, his family or whatnot. And, uh, I told him, I reached out, I said, Hey, I applied for this role. I hope you're doing good. Wants to know if there's any way that you can pass my resume along. I said it in a more professional way, but, <laughs> but, uh, he, he went ahead and he said, yeah, I'm connected with, um, the manager there or whatnot. Let's see if I can get your resume in front of them. So he did got reached out to by the manager, um, at the time and he, had several interviews and at the same time that I was receiving the offer from or receiving the offer to interview for the account executive role at Cal, I received my full offer from the 49ers. Mm. And that was such a blessing for me. And I had to tell Cal like, Hey, I got a full-time offer from the Niners. Like, you guys had had an opportunity, but <laughs> you missed out. <laughs> you missed out, nah. <laughs> but I'm still I'm still cool with that team uh, to this day. I didn't burn any bridges doing that, and I think the important thing is I kept transparency with the Phoenix Suns. I think that was huge for me uh, to not burn that bridge, and I'm still connected with my inside sales manager to this day. Um, and I think that's really important, especially if you want to get into work into or break into the sports and entertainment industry. Do not burn bridges. The industry is, <laughs> it's so small. Yeah. Everyone knows everyone across leagues, across leagues, across business disciplines. Do not try your best not to burn any bridges because everyone knows everybody in some way. Um, so. Yeah, I, I would say that was probably the biggest setback so far. Um, and I'm looking forward to the many other setbacks to come, but I'll be ready. <laughs> I mean, to me, that was, I think, again, there's another gym there. I wouldn't even really consider that too crazy of a setback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it could have been a setback. I think it was a yes. risk that you took. You took a yes. risk and you bet on yourself. And I think, you know, we, we need to do more of that. I agree. I think transparency is definitely key. I think sometimes when we are in a position or we're in a, uh, that mindset of, I don't want to be at this company anymore. I don't think I want to do this. We find ways to like make excuses or not be upfront about how we're feeling or what opportunities are out there, whether it's maybe they need to give you like a stretch opportunity at your current position. Maybe you're just not right. motivated or maybe it's just completely, I need to get out of this industry. But I think we need to be, I think 
know everyone, regardless of where you are in your careers, continue to be transparent about how you're feeling, how things are going, because you might be blocking yourself from an opportunity. And, and like Rob said, I agree. I think you handled it really well. So yeah, it, it worked out. But yeah, transparency is key. Yes, absolutely. All right, let's see. Should we should we um, move to rapid fire? All right, let's get into rapid fire. Sophia. You want to kick it off? Yeah. So basically, we're just gonna uh, ask you a round of questions and just whatever is the first thing that comes to uh, that comes to your mind. Just go ahead and yeah, <laughs> give us your your answer. It's it's usually just pretty quick, given the reason rapid fire. So I will start off. Uh, what song, lyric, or quote motivates you? Ooh. First thing, get five, four. Uh, Three, two, one. Uh, don't give up. I don't know. Or, like, or song, or song. I told you guys the quote that always sticks with me. Or a song, or a song. Oh, I have one. I have one. I have one. Um, excuses are tools of incompetence that build monuments of nothingness and bridges that lead to nowhere. Those who use them seldom, if ever, accomplish anything. That was that was my favorite quote. Oh man, that's a long quote too. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, okay, next question. Um, which has been more valuable for you, your education or your professional experience? Education. All right. Uh, Zoom or Google Hangouts? Zoom with it. <laughs> um, given the times, do you prefer in office work or remote work? I like remote. Okay. 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 Would you rather work five eight-hour days or four ten-hour days? Four ten-hour days for sure. Okay. If you were the CEO of your company, what's one policy or rule you would implement day one? I would implement... Ooh. A policy... Or get rid of maybe something that you would get, get rid, rid of. of. I would say <laughs> I've never been a big fan of uh, business professional attire. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would say that I feel like people buy based on the person more so than what they have on. Um, that's just the way I think, but. That's probably what I would do. <laughs> not telling you guys not to dress up professional for an interview, those who are listening. Well, we're in tech, so. We're in tech, so. <laughs> it's t-shirt and jeans for us Monday through Friday. Yeah. Right. And sweats while we're in uh, lockdown. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Perfect. All right. Well, that is the end of, of Rapid Fire. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for, for hopping on and dropping literally all of those gems there's going to be so many clips that will likely come from this um yeah i appreciate you this was a pleasure it was my first experience on a a podcast so okay i hope it went well it went extremely this is actually my first like outside of just a professional formal interview like this is my first interview in general (laughs) yeah so well, we hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I did. I definitely, really did. I, I know I enjoyed my time. This has been a great uh, time. It's been great to hear your story. Um, you inspired. Yeah. You inspired me. Um, 
Uh, I appreciate it. Glad to be connected with you. And uh, yeah, for all our listeners out there, all the watchers on YouTube, um, uh, thank you all for uh, joining us on today's show. Until next time. All right.